Hey guys. My name is Rachel. I'm the worship director here. And I'm super excited to get to share with you today. I was thinking last night or this morning, and I was like, you know, the first time I preached here, I had been here for a year and a half before they let me preach. Then it was only six months since they let me preach the last time, like the next time after that. And this time it's only been like three and a half months, so I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh, praise God. <laughs> Suzanne's already claimed that <laughs> last week. <laughs> oh, anyways, so Kyle and I are going to both share a little bit today. Um, I'm going to get some water real quick. It's holy water. Anybody want to spray? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so he's going to come up in a little while and share, but we, we have a really awesome opportunity to partner with what the Lord is doing in a large scale across our city. Uh, before I get started, if you need notes, if you didn't get a packet of notes, well, it's just like a little half sheet, just raise your hand and our ushers can hand them out to you, hopefully. Were there notes? Do you have the notes, Todd? There's, oh yeah, okay, cool. I saw bulletins in his hand, but there's notes too. So on Saturday, September 28th, there's a 24-7, it's called 24-7-7, but there's seven different churches across Austin that are going to host 24 hours of live worship and prayer as a part of the Unceasing Prayer Movement. So for those of you guys who don't know, um, Trey Kent at Northwest Fellowship and Kai Bowman over at Hyde Park Baptist are leaders of the Unceasing Prayer Movement where their goal is to cover the city of Austin in 24-7 prayer continually. And so right now, the way that that happens is that different churches and individuals across our city will just sign up for a one-hour slot or a two-hour slot to just pray on a monthly basis. Um, And what we're doing is we're actually gathering together. So rather than just an individual, so like Kyle signing up, that every, you know, first day of the month, I'm going to pray from noon to 1 p.m., What we're going to do is actually gather together seven churches. Each are going to host 24 hours of live worship and prayer so that we can come together for one week and have 24-7 prayer and worship covering our city in this Austin area all together. So um, to our knowledge, this is the first time that we're going to have unified corporate gatherings of 24-7 live worship and prayer for seven days straight in our city. That's like a really big deal. (laughs) And so what Kyle and I are going to do today is just, we really want to talk about the power of joining in. So the sermon title is The Power of the Unified Cry. What happens when we join together as the body of Christ and pray and contend for the releasing of the promises of the Lord over our city um, to hopefully stir your heart in faith to one, just want to pray, but two, to join us and be a part of this incredible time because we, River in the Hills, are actually one of the seven churches that are going to be hosting a 24-hour slot. So Kyle's going to talk more about the practicals of that in a little while, but first, um, I just want to hit uh, a few points to, again, just stir our faith. So uh, why should we pray together? Number one, it's biblical. It's a great reason. Um, We as believers are called to believe in and follow the teachings of the Bible. And so it's all throughout scripture. There's a bunch of testimonies of people doing it and the Lord moving. And then there's a whole bunch of exhortations for us to actually do it. So that's a great, a great step. Uh, Not only is it biblical, but I love how it's, it's so powerful. So I want to look at three places in scripture where we see the power of God released 
and the promises of God released as a direct result of corporate gatherings of prayer. And so the first one, everybody knows this, Joshua and Jericho. And so I just want to play a little clip to kind of introduce this story. So Michelle, would you go ahead and play that clip for me? What are you doing? We're going to knock your wall down. By walking around in circles? Yes. It's not because we're crazy or anything. Our God told us to do it this way. Oh, that's a great idea. You go ahead and keep walking. On the seventh day, just like God had told them, they marched around Jericho seven times while the priests blew their horns. And just like God said, when they finished marching, the priests blew one long blast and then all the people yelled. Veggie Tales, man. OG, 97 Veggie Tales. I was three when that came out. Do the math. Um, I just love Veggie Tales, man. So hilarious. They say they make it for the kids, but I really enjoyed that as an adult. Um, so we all know the story, and obviously, like, I love how they have the, like, the Israelites, like, screaming at the top of their lungs, and they're just like, ah, is it going to fall? Um, but I love how the instruction, what I want to highlight in this story is, the Lord gave very clear instructions. And so he said, march around the city for seven days. He told Joshua. And then on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And have the priests blow trumpets and have the Israelites shout on the seventh time. And then the wall's going to fall. So number one, I love little Jerry Gord. We're not crazy. It's just that our God told us to do it. It is crazy. And that's okay. But when God tells us to, to do something and he's going to back it with his power, it becomes less crazy. <laughs> it becomes a witness of his power. Um, and so, but I love how it says, uh, Joshua rose early, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets. So this is verse 13 of ram's horns before the ark. And they blew trumpets continually and the armed men were walking before them. 
And they marched and they marched and they marched. And then at the very end, it says, verse 20, so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So the people went up to the city, every man straight before him and they captured the city. But I just love the power of, of that cry. When together as a people, they said, all right, God showed up to Joshua and told him to do this. And we're going to follow our leader and we're going to do the crazy thing that God told him to do and have faith to believe that maybe he'll move. And it was when they joined together and they cried that the wall came crashing down. And I was just, as I was pondering this this week, I was like, man, Lord, what would have happened if they didn't actually yell? What would have happened if they like marched and marched and marched and they were like, we feel like idiots. The wall's not falling. Just blow the trumpets and like, it'll be fine. But it was actually in the release of that unified shout, that unified cry that the wall fell. Second story I want to highlight is Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, all the fun Old Testament names. So this is in 2 Chronicles 20. And uh, I'm just going to give a little bit of context for this story. Uh, So Jehoshaphat is king. He gets report that three nations are about to come against the nation of Judah. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and then the armies of Mount Seir, or however you say all of those names. And his response is, shoot, what are we going to do? So he falls on his face and he fasts. And he cries out to the Lord. And he calls the nation to fast and to cry out to the Lord. And in doing that, in seeking the Lord, the Lord actually responds. And in verse 14, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. So this is in response to them as a nation, gathering and fasting and crying out to the Lord. The Lord says to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but is God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel, and you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. And, uh, and so Jehoshaphat's response is he bows his head to the ground. They fall down before the Lord and they worship. I mean, I, I probably would do the same thing. <laughs> like, oh no, we're about to die. The Lord's like, no, actually you're not. I'm going to be with you. You're not even going to have to fight. Here's their battle plan. This is where they're going to be, when they're going to be there. You go out and I'm going to do the work for you. Like how many of you would fall down and worship? Yes, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And so it says in verse 20, they rose early the next morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. I'm gonna pause there really quick. I just, I'm gonna go on a little bunny trail. On Thursday, Kyle had a, a meeting with, with Kai Bowman and with Trey Kent and a couple of the other churches that are going to be hosting these slots for this 24-7 day. 
And Kyle just began to share with me, Kai is really, Kai Bowman is really taking leadership and taking charge. And as a father in our city, he's just casting such vision for this thing. But not in just like a hypey way. He's giving practical advice. He's like, hey, we've been doing these kinds of things for 10, 20, 30 years, however long he's been doing them. These are things that we found that work really great. These are things that we found that don't work really great. So take our resources, learn from our failures, learn from our wins, like Kai was saying, and like go out and be successful. And so Kyle reported back to me on Thursday and was just sharing this with me. And I was just so struck by the opportunity that we, especially as young people, have to honor the leadership of a father in our city. And these two stories, both Joshua and Jehoshaphat, what you see is you see a strong leader who leads the nation to go, I'm seeking first God. Because I remember what he's promised to us as a people. And y'all just need a jolt in the arm to remember, hey, this is, this is what God said. We're, this is where we're going. And I am going to fall down before him and get the action plan. Come and do this with me. And we see Jericho fall. And then Jehoshaphat, after hearing word, the Lord's like, you don't even have to do anything. Just go out there and stand there. And the battle's won. Jehoshaphat goes a step further. So he says, hear me, Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. He's saying, put your faith in the Lord, and you're going to be able to stand firm, just like he told us to. And believe in the word that he spoke to his prophet, because we're going to succeed. And that's what the prophet spoke. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And as they went before the army to say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. This is verse 22. And when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. And when they began to sing in praise, didn't the Lord say, just go out there and stand and I'll, I'll do it. The victory's already won. Like, they could have done that. The Lord said the battle was already in his hand. But it was as they began to sing in praise that it actually released it. I'm not saying that if they didn't sing in praise that it wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Maybe it would have happened at a different time of day. Maybe it would have looked different. I have no idea. But the thing I want to point out is the fact that there was a leader who said, God... (laughs) If our nation is supposed to survive and actually be what you said we were going to be, you've got to break in. And the Lord goes, okay, don't worry. Just stand firm. Go out to the battlefield. I'm going to do the thing for you. And they go, their leader goes, all right, let's not just do that, but let's actually go forth with a cry of praise and thanksgiving. Let's actually go out and declare who God is so that when this victory is won, that everybody will know it was the Lord who did it. And it was as they began to sing in praise that the Lord set an ambush against their enemies and they had the victory. Let's go to Acts 4. So we all know about Pentecost, hopefully, if you don't know. Basically what happened was Jesus left. He told his disciples, hey, stay here and wait for me. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit upon you, and you're going to know when he hits because you're going to be filled with boldness and power and all sorts of crazy stuff's going to happen, and it did. And two chapters later, uh, Peter and John had gone out, and 
they were proclaiming the gospel. They hit some roadblocks. There were some people there who weren't super happy with them, tried to shut them down. But then they were released. And so in verse, uh, verse 23, Acts 4, 23, it says, When they were released, John and Peter, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, the whole group that was there, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of your father David and your servant said by the Holy Spirit, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So they're quoting Psalm 2. And they're basically they're going, Lord, you said that there was going to be people who were going to rise up against your son. And as we went and proclaimed him, they rose up against us. So they're just remembering what the Lord spoke through the mouth of their father, David. In verse 27, it says, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. So they're saying, we're here proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, and in the city, Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all gathered against him. And so they say, to do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. Signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, remember they had lifted their voices together. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And so one thing that I love about this, this account is that they're like, they're just real with God. They're like, all right, you said that there was going to be people who weren't going to like your son. Like they knew the prophecies and they didn't just cling on to like all the good victory prophecies. They were like, no, you, you prophesied. There's going to be people who are going to rage against me. They're going to plot in vain against me because they're not going to be victorious. That's why they're plotting in vain. Cause the Lord's like, I'm going to have my way with them. Actually later on in that chapter in Psalm two, the Lord exhorts, he says, be wise, O kings. Turn your hearts right now and bow down and worship the son. Fear his name, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. So the Israelites, or the, um, sorry, the believers in the early church, they're remembering like, Lord, you, you said there was going to be people who were going to stand against you. And here they are doing it. And so whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place is happening, just like you prophesied it would. But we're going to stand acknowledging that and say, but your power is greater. So look upon their threats. And just like you said back in that prophecy that you're going to rule them with a rod of iron, that you, they're going to perish in their way if they don't turn. Lord, we're calling on the promises of God and we're saying, stand, make us victorious. And as they together lifted up their voices, reminding the Lord of his promises, stirring up their own faith by remembering the promises of the Lord over them, as they prayed together and lifted their voices, the place where they were gathering was shaken. Now, whether that was like a legitimate earthquake or just everybody in the room felt a shaking, I don't know. But it was strong enough that Luke said, the place shook. So some people were feeling something. They were shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, they continued to speak the word with boldness. So the evidence was that they had boldness come upon them to where they weren't shut down when the enemy tried to press hard against them. 
When the enemies of the Lord came and tried to persecute and succeeded to persecute (laughs) and tried to shut up the mouths of the believers, it was in remembering the promises of the Lord and in going, all right, this is what you said you would do, so come and do it, that boom, the Lord shakes the place. They're all filled with boldness so that they can continue to go out and preach the gospel. And it's from that place that the disciples, the apostles, and all the believers are sent out, and the whole book of Acts happens. Oh, I got a lot of stuff in my Bible. Um, but I love how it's as they begin to lift their voices. So hopefully those stories stirred faith in your heart just like they did for me. Just three biblical accounts. If the Lord did it, then he can do it again. So we know that there's power when we come together and pray. When we come together and we lift our voices together and we remember the promises of the Lord, we stand upon them in the midst of whatever the enemy might be trying to throw our way. He's gonna continue to give us boldness to continue to boldly proclaim his word. Okay, so that's point number one. Why should we pray together? It's biblical. Point number two, it's easier. I love Ecclesiastes 4. I'll just read this really quickly. In Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will, not withst- two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. When we do this thing together and we're not alone, it's so much easier. Like, I don't know how many times I've been alone, having quiet time with the Lord, or like setting aside time to pray, and I'll like pray a couple things, and then I'll just get distracted, or I'll get discouraged, and like my prayer time is done in five or ten minutes. But then, when I'm doing it with people, whether it looks like I have a friend that I'm praying with, or I come to the prayer room and I pray with a prayer meeting, or whatever, when there's people around me, it's so much easier when I get distracted, when I feel bored, when I feel like my prayers aren't working, when I look across the room and I'm like, oh, Nicole is still going after it. Okay, it stirs faith for me to keep going. So though I might fall, though I might get distracted, or I might go like, ah, and feel weak in my prayers, having somebody there with me helps me to keep going. So it's so much easier, and it's more fun to do it together. Like, yes, prayer alone with Jesus is really fun, like, because friendship with God is fun. It should be fun. Prayer can be fun, and it should be fun. So if it's not, ask the Lord for that. But when we do it together, it's really fun, too. And it's really fun when we see the Lord answer our prayers to be able to have somebody to celebrate the victory with. Like, we prayed for that, and it happened! Like, I literally, I had testimony this week where I had reached out to my mom and a good friend of mine just to pray for something. I was like, hey, this just happened. Pray for me. And within, like, an hour, it completely broke off of me, this funk that I was feeling. And I texted them back in, like, all caps. I was like, thank you so much for praying. And they were able to rejoice with me in the testimony. So it's just fun. It's fun when we pray together. Okay? So why should we pray together? It's biblical. Say it's biblical. It's easier. Say it's easier. And lastly, Jesus wants it. John 17. Josh McDonald was here a few weeks ago, and he, he preached a lot out of John 17. And I just want to highlight one of the things that Jesus prayed. This is right before he goes to the cross. He's talking to the Father. And in John 17, verse 20, actually verse, yeah, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but those who will believe in me through their word. So he's saying, I'm, I'm asking for the believers who already believe and for those who are going to believe in me, that they, the believers, all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me 
and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, this is why I came. This is why I'm about to go and give my life so that every single person who's called by the name of Jesus would be perfectly one, unified together through us, Father, through the spirit that's gonna be inside of them, through the same love that you've loved me, Father, I want it to be in them in a way that their hearts are unified together so that as they walk in unity, that's going to be how the world sees and knows that I'm actually real, <laughs> that, that we exist. He's having this conversation with the Father. And so Jesus' prayer is that we as the body of Christ would visibly live in unity in a way that stands out because it's actually the very thing that shows the world, the unbelievers, that God is real or one of the things. There are many evidences, but that's one thing that Jesus himself prayed. So why should we pray together? It's biblical. It's easier. Jesus wants it. Let's fulfill his desire. Let's fulfill his prayer by actually being willing to lay down our own preferences, to lay down our insecurities and go, okay, if this is what you want, Jesus. And if I have biblical proof that it's actually a really good idea, let's do it. Like I'm, I'm all in. So we're going to play this video, and then Kyle's going to come up, and he's going to share with you guys some practical ways, like what the next step is, specifically in regards to this awesome opportunity we have with our 24-7 worship slot. So go ahead, guys. Hi, I'm Kai Bowman, pastor of Hyde Park Baptist Church, along with several of my friends from the Unceasing Prayer Movement. We're having an exceptional event for our city coming up real soon. We're going to call it 24 times 7. We want to invite anybody to get involved, and I want Trey Kent to start us off. On Saturday at Northwest Fellowship, we're kicking it off with prayer and worship. Come and join us. On Sunday morning at 7 a.m., we invite you to Austin Reconciliation Church to pray in Spanish or in the language you would like to speak. I'm Kyle Hubbard from River in the Hills Church in Lakeway. We'd love to have you join us on Monday. I'm representing Hill Country Bible Church. My name is Bob Gilfillan. We'll be ready to serve and sing and praise at 7 a.m. Tuesday morning. Blaise Reculia, a pastor of Capital City Church. We will be downtown in Austin Wednesday, October 2nd. Come pray, come worship with us. The great church of Austin Christian Fellowship is hosting Thursday for 24 hours of prayer and worship. And Hyde Park will end it up October 4th, 7 a.m. through October 5th, 7 a.m. All seven churches will go 24 hours, nonstop praise, prayer, and worship. We invite you to join any of us or all of us. Pray for us and God bless the city of Austin as we pray and seek the blessing of God upon the city. God bless Austin. Wow. <laughs> yeah, give it up. It's so cool. And I just feel so honored, like with all of us as a church family, that we would be one of the seven churches. Book of Revelation. <laughs> There's seven churches in there. It's a good number. It's a good number to be a part of. And I really feel just an honor of the Lord, even that we're just a small little outpost, Gideon's army here. A couple of those churches have thousands of members that 
And we're, here we are, little river in the hills out yep. in Lakeway. And uh, God sees, sees us. He knows our address. Yeah. But I really feel stirred and challenged to really represent Lakeway well, Lake, the Lake Travis region well. And from our outpost to actually fill this place with as many people as we can, as many people crying out, yeah. as loud of a cry as we can, even if it's just for one hour. And that's what I'm going to call us to. So super practically, our day is Monday, September 30th, 7 a.m. to Tuesday, October 1st, 7 a.m. So it's going to get real practical for us. There's four ways we can get involved as a church family. And I want everyone who's hearing my voice to get involved in at least one way here. First one is to be a gatekeeper. So that's where you just simply show up in the room. You're there to sit in the chair, to join your cry. We're going to have lots of uh, little cool things practical ways to stay engaged in prayer. I'll show those in in just a second. But yeah, be a gatekeeper. Choose an hour in your schedule from any one of those 24 hours and sign up to just be in the room and join your voice. The second way to get involved is to be a prayer leader. That's where you actually take ownership and leadership of that hour. And there's no way you can fail being a prayer leader, by the way. I'm going to make it really easy for you. There's, there's literally no way you can fail. And this is probably the, the biggest need for us is to have t- these 24 slots covered with a prayer leader, at least for one each hour. And then third is to lead or participate in live worship during one hour slot. Again, you can't fail here. Even if you just come up and just like, you are holy, strong. Like, even if you just whisper in the mic, yeah. the fact that you're wanting to join in that unified cry. We saw those little vegetables. Not all of them had the most bold <laughs> Rachel cry. I'm a vegetable for the Lord. They had what they had, and God honored it. And so that's the third way is to lead or participate in the live worship. If you just play one key, if you just play a pad, like the E key for us, we'd love that. Rachel would love to show you that. The fourth way, this is where we need our muscle. We see some strong guys and gals in here to actually help set up the room. I'm going to describe the little practical areas that we can, that we'll have to really stir y'all and keep y'all engaged in the prayer room. But we're going to tear down the room, not like, we're not going to rip up the carpet. We're going to move some chairs, get some things set up. And so if you'd like to be involved in that, it'll be Sunday, uh, September 29th at 1230 p.m., the day before it starts, right after church, we can help set up. And then Tuesday at 7 a.m., the, the prayers will end, at least the 24-7 prayers will end, and a couple hours later, we'll actually set the room back up how it looks like right now. And so I want to show you all the sign-up sheet that y'all will be seeing at the end of the service. I'll be by the door, and I want everyone to at least, if you can, I know there's a, you might already have something on your schedule the whole, whole 24 hours, probably sleep on the, the Monday night you have on your schedule. I challenge y'all to, to try to give up at least one of those hours maybe on that night. And so here's a real practical sign-up sheet that lines out those four areas. And so here's the date again, Monday, September 30th, starting at 7 a.m. If you'd like to be a prayer leader, we already have this 7 a.m. locked in. Now these gatekeepers, that's just for an example. Y'all don't have to do this, by the way, Sarah, Patty, and, and Ashton. <laughs> but the prayer leader will be my mom, Suzanne Hubbard. If you want to be a gatekeeper, that's where you just come and sit in the room and join, join in your song. And if you don't say anything out loud. And then the prayer leader has the, the leadership for the whole hour. And so you can choose whatever prayer topics are on your heart. I just put here some examples like local church pastors, ending of human trafficking in Austin. 
You can pray for whatever God puts on your heart. And that's, that's how you can kind of design your hour. And then depending on whether or not we have a live worship leader or a worship stream, you get to kind of work with that as well. So if we have, we have Rachel here Monday at 7 a.m., she's going to be leading live worship. And then let's say at 8 a.m., we don't have any live worship set right now. So you can choose what kind of uh, music you want. You can have instrumental through Spotify. You can have Bethel Worship Stream. You can have the International House of Prayer. Whatever's your flavor, as the prayer leader, you get to decide what the hour looks like and what it sounds like. And so, yeah, I I challenge y'all to sign up to be a prayer leader. Let me just give you a a real practical example of how, how it might look. You can choose any of these times during this hour. Let's say you're, you're Glenn Hubbard, a prayer leader, and you want to design your hour this way. You would, you would say, I want 15 minutes, right, to kick off. I want 15 minutes of worship, where it's just worship, and it's the Bethel stream. So let's do 15 minutes of that. Then after that, let's break off and pray from the mic if you feel comfortable. Let's pray for missionaries being sent to the nations from Austin. That's a sign of revival when we're ascending city. Let's pray for that. Then let's go back into 15 minutes of worship. So boom, right there, you already got 40 minutes of your hour covered. After that, let's actually break into small groups and pray for marriages to be restored because that's a sign of revival is when husbands love their wives and honor their, their spouse and stay together. Let's pray for that for five minutes. Well, let's worship for another five minutes. And then let's cry out at the, for the last five minutes. Let's cry out for an Acts 2 or an Acts 4 outpouring for boldness to go out into our city and declare the gospel. So that's a, just a little example. Remember, you can't fail as a prayer leader. Even if as a prayer leader, you're, you're like, let's just worship for an hour with IHOP. That's what you want to do. Let's, you can do it. That's totally cool. Okay. I just want to share with you all quickly uh, just a few of the fun little features that we'll have that will kind of keep you smiling and keep you engaged during these 24 hours. We're gonna have kind of what we're calling interactive stations. So over here on the left side of the sanctuary, we're gonna have a big piece of tape, a big piece of black tape. And on that tape, we're gonna write different areas of social injustices that we wanna see remedied in our city. So like the first social injustice could be human trafficking. So we're gonna write that on that piece of tape. We'll put a chair in front of that piece of tape so you can sit and look at the injustice and cry out to the God of justice to end human trafficking in Austin, Texas. Another area of social injustice, ending of abortion, and so on. So we'll have a huge line of tape with chairs in front of each issue that you can cry out for the God of justice to break in and heal our city. Another cool thing is we'll have specific prayer request cards that you can actually fill out at the end of the the service today on the table. And there's going to be a chair with all these prayer request cards. So you can have some skin in the game. If you really want a prayer request answered by God, write this down. You're going to have people for 24 hours, boom, 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 be praying for your specific prayer request. We're also going to have an hour-long stream in the middle room of short little clips of people uh, preaching on prayer, history of, of past revivals to where if you ever feel like you're just getting like, oh, is this really working? Is this really working? Just go in the middle room. We'll have an hour loop of, of short clips, short videos that will encourage you just like Rachel did. We could probably just play your 30-minute sermon over and over again. <laughs> and we'd be encouraged. Okay, we're actually doing this. We're like Jehoshaphat or we're like the little gourd saying, ah! <laughs> the neuter gourd. 
So yeah, we're going to have a faith loop in the middle room. Then we're going to set up little prayer grottos. These are like little personal spaces we're going to try to create uh, with partitions, just little individual prayer closets where you can just go do business with God individually. Especially if you're feeling kind of antisocial that day, you can just go sit in that prayer, prayer grotto. Just like, God, help me. And so we'll have that. And then we will have, yeah, we'll have looping slides as well throughout each of the, the prayer hours with just little verses, uh, little encouragements, quotes from people who believe in prayer, just to keep you locked in. And then we have all of our 15 resources and all of our missionaries to pray for on our prayer room wall, which we have all the time, by the way. A few last things. Listen for us on Thursday. Blaze and I, the two young guys, younger guys, in that video. We're going to be on the radio on Spirit 105, which is a local Christian radio station. They offered graciously to support each one of these churches each day. So we're probably going to have a Spirit uh, 105.9 Christian radio uh, tent here. And so they're coming to Little River in the Hills. I love it. <laughs> uh, Thursday, we're going to have a little radio interview. It's, it's in between 9.30 and 11.30. I'm not sure the exact time. So you can tune on and... Uh, Yes, they'll be here on our day, which is Monday, September 30th, probably sometime throughout that day. So isn't this exciting, guys? Yeah. Let's join in with this unified cry with seven churches 24-7. It's so fun. So I will be at the back. Just remember these four ways you can participate. And I understand if you can't, so don't think like I'm going to look at you different if you can't. But I really want us to, to be involved and engaged. And so I'm going to go ahead and... Handoff.